we go. All right. Welcome to Flex This. I'm your host, Jen Hoffman. Uh, this podcast is meant to share the stories and experiences of humans exercising their muscles of curiosity and emotional intelligence in their everyday lives. I believe there's no right or wrong. There's only truth. And that truth is personal, ever expanding and evolving in the journey of a lifetime. And my hope is that through these conversations, you can see parts of yourself in your own journey. And we can offer guideposts that resonate and help you connect to your highest and most authentic self. Today, I have my very good friend, Ashley Douglas. Uh, she is a self-described Jane of all trades. She's been a fitness instructor, dance teacher, event planner, marketing coordinator, AmeriCorps member, grief center employee, and business analyst. While her career has been varied, it has always held a common thread of building relationships. Ashley is passionate about creating connections through observing group dynamics and facilitating quality conversations. When it comes to small talk, Ashley is most likely to skip asking about the weather and instead ask what's your middle name and what's your favorite color. Ashley, it is a pleasure to have you on this with me. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so um, I'm going to jump right in. Um, I, I, you know, I've known Ashley for, oh my gosh, how long have I known you now? I think it's been like 10 or 11 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah that seems about right for over a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like we've kind of always lived in this space and it's always varied. It kind of started with spirituality and faith and, um, you know, I, I, at a personal level, I feel very grateful that I've had some really, um, like guidepost moments in my life that you've offered me some really awesome language and feedback. I'll never forget the, 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 uh, green light. Um, yes. and, 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 um, that choice about making a choice in my life that was going to be pivotal and, um, yeah, so I'm just really grateful for you and, and how you've been on this journey along my side um, as a friend, a coworker in some cases. Um, and so I'm just grateful that you're here and I'm just grateful that I get to know you and that we get to have these conversations and we're recording it and it's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you. I agree 100%. Um, so I'm going to start with this one. Um, a fork in the road moment. What comes to your mind first in that moment since we're talking about the green lights and um, um, you know, that moment for me, uh, what did you choose? Um, and, and have you ever thought about what it had gone that other way? And, you know, just how do you navigate those forks in the road of like, you can see your life going one way if you do this, one way if that, and then reflecting back on it. Sure. So there was a moment in my career, my early, early career, um, right out of college where I got a job and it was great. I was a marketing coordinator for a nonprofit and it seemed like the exact job that I wanted. Um, and about a year and a half into it, you know what, this isn't for me. I am not the kind of person that shows up every morning at 9 a.m. and does my desk job and then goes home. Um, and so I made the decision to quit that job. I did not have another job to go to. So I just quit that job and I decided to become a fitness instructor full time, mm -hmm. threw myself into it. And I look at that as my fork in the road moment because I, it was such a huge decision, but it set me off on this whole path where I became this fitness instructor, which led me to becoming a dance instructor, which led me to all of these other jobs where I got to interact with all these other wonderful people and build out these relationships yeah. that I never would have had or experienced if I would have committed myself to this standard nine to five job in an office doing something that I didn't truly love. Yeah. Um, and so I do think about you know, what would happen if I went the other way. And if I had committed myself to pushing through and keeping that job. And yeah. I honestly think that I would not be in the marriage that I'm in now 
-hmm. I don't think that I would be in the friendships um, in the place that I have with all these different relationships that I have Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that decision. And to think that it's just a career decision, but it impacted so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. I I feel like it's really easy in the moment, not even in the moment, but like, you know, talking about career paths, like we've all this information shoved down our throat, right? And mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to be married, even if that's what you want to do and kids and just like this whole agenda mm-hmm. and like trying to figure out what really serves you and um, what what are you aligned with? What aren't you aligned with? Um, and then like, what's interesting to me, and you and I've had conversations around this before, and I would love to hear more if you could give some of that, but like, when you look back at that decision and the grace, like the profound way that, you know, um, uh, let me give you an example, um, dancing classrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Like dancing classrooms happened because I met you teaching that mm-hmm. program is because I met you. And then, you know, what that led to, therefore, I got into human behavior and I had no idea that this was a passion and this thing that I'm like, oh, this whole universe I didn't even know existed, existed and and it opened you up to an an expansive way that you would not 100% be who you are at all. Um, You know, I think for me, I don't know if you feel this way, but like those moments and trying to reflect on it sometimes really hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, I see you as an optimist, um, yeah. a very joy-filled, always silver lining person. And I just wonder, what is it like for you to navigate um, on the journey of trying to do the silver lining and trying to stay aligned? And how do you do that? How do you, how do you stay aligned? What are your accountability points? Like, what, what are the tools in your bucket that you use to stay on this journey? Yeah, I guess I do try to be optimistic. I do think at, at, the core of my my person, who I am deep down, is to always just naturally find that positivity and mm. look for it, um, even in those dark moments, even in those really troubling moments. Um, and I think one of the tools that I use is that whenever I am going through those hard times, whenever I am struggling, I know that it's it's the here and now, but it's not the forever, mm. right? So yeah, um, it can be really really hard, and it can be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done it before and I've made it through and I've come out stronger on the other side. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that moment where it flips over and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, think and, it's coming and, back to that. Yeah. And like grounding yourself in that too. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel your faith is a big part of that? I think that at the root of it, probably deep down it is. Um, mm-hmm. Faith is, that's interesting because faith is something that I do think about a lot lately. Um, and what does that mean and what does that look like? And, um, and especially in comparison to like my childhood and how I was raised in, in a very religious home. Um, and so I, I struggle sometimes with what do I associate with faith and what do I associate with religion? And I, I consider Uh, those to be mm -hmm. two different things. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, at the end of the day, it probably is my faith that helps, um, to get through that too. Yeah. Like the, um, you know, I, I can concur and, you know, actually, um, helped on my faith journey, brought me to some, a church that was amazing. Um, and just opened my mind of what church I grew up Catholic and that's very like, <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it, the stereotypes real. It's pretty strict. It's um, <laughs> you have all these rules and regulations, and you don't really understand why you're supposed to stand up and sit down. And when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you're a curious kid, people are like, "Well, stop asking questions." First of all, you're not supposed to be talking right now. Um, and so neither right. you're here. <laughs> so um, you know what I hear you saying too is like figuring out. Yeah, that was like the the basis, but it's more right. Like religion mm-hmm. is the rule part, but then faith and spirituality whatever that is for you is so personal. And a lot mm-hmm. of that is taking um, what you learned as a child um, as the foundation of who you are, quite frankly, whether if you it's good, bad, or otherwise, it is a foundation of who you are. And then trying to figure out how it fits into the way you're unpacking your life now. Um, could you share any examples of that that you might be wrestling with right now or um, something that you wrestled with in the past to get you to where you are now? Um, cause I feel like that's a, a lot of people's conversations, whether that's external or not, definitely the internal voice of what you're supposed to do, whether that's faith or, um, household norms. Um, and I want to be very clear too, cause I know that that's a very gentle and hard topic. Um, mm-hmm. people have had some really hard traumatic things. Um, what I want to be a conversation around is learning what didn't serve you, um, and still honoring that your parents, loved you the best they could and do all that stuff. So I want to be very careful there too, because I think it's very hard to, uh, uh, it's the duality of owning what hurt, but then also seeing their perspective, which is, you know, the work of a lifetime always and emotional intelligence in itself. But um, I would be really in- interested if you're willing to share um, either something that you are, you know, was an old belief and then how you flipped it now or um, something you're wrestling with now. I would just love to hear where you're at. Sure. Yeah. So growing up, it was um, always just a a natural thing at our house that um, there was church and there was religion and there was faith and there was Christianity. Um, And we were raised um, Protestant. And so um, like my grandfather was um, part of ministry and my mom is very into mission work and that sort of thing. So it was just, you know, how we were raised. It was influenced in every aspect of our life. Um, But as I got older, I even went to a Christian college and it was very, very small and it was very, very um, structured and rule-based. And Mm -hmm. um, so like you couldn't work on Sundays, you couldn't vacuum, you couldn't do laundry on Sundays. Um, The the rules that they had were really well-intended, I think, in order to provide the structure to keep people um, on the straight and narrow and on the path that they wanted. But with that came a lot of, um, what do I want to say? A lot of um, questions as far as free thought mm. and um, you couldn't really question uh, a lot of things. You couldn't really explore a lot of things. Um, you had to just accept things as they were taught to you and not question them. And that really ended up sending me completely in the other direction where that was a total conflict for me where I couldn't fathom how Christianity could be rooted in love, um, but you're telling me that I have to rebuke these people or for their Mm. choices or treat people um, less than for other reasons. And I think at the root of it, it's all like all of Christianity has good intentions, but it has people involved in it. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so I think that's where, um, I kind of struggled and started to search around and figure out what what I wanted and what I believed and what felt good to me. And so 
um, I kind of just in my adult life have taken different pieces from different religions or maybe practices that I've heard over time and incorporated those into like, yes, this feels right. Yes, this aligns with my core belief at the mm. end of the day that it's all about love. Yeah. And if you're leading with love, then you can't go wrong. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really good reminder too. Um, and if I would of, of knowing yourself well enough to know um, what's for you, what makes sense to you. And then like at the same time, not discounting the process that got you there, including the weird hard structure that you just couldn't align with because it had purpose to. Um, yeah. I, I, do you have like a, a barometer to make sure, like, you know, I, I always think this is interesting too, is like, how do you as an individual, you know, to me, I don't know if you feel this way, but um, I feel like religion is such a profound way of looking at religion and politics, quite frankly, is this very profound way of looking at human behavior in general of this idea that we think things are black and white, but they aren't. Um, we think mm -hmm. it's this or that it's not. And then like at the same idea, like holding that what you believe has value. And that also doesn't take away the value of somebody else's beliefs, which I it just don't mm -hmm. understand for me, for me, um, you know, from religion and political standpoint to me, that's, you know, we don't have to go down that, that really dark path potentially, but um, <laughs> you know, I think to me, they're just really stark, easy, everybody's impacted by it comparisons. Um, and so I, I just would, lo would love to hear like what, like measuring tools, I guess is the word I'm looking for is how do you know that you're one aligning in your highest truth? Um, how do you check yourself and hold yourself accountable? And then what tools do you use to be able to sit with the things that you might not disagree with and yet still value it? Ooh, those are all really tough, good questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that how, what keeps me in check is like a gut check, right? Um, the power of discernment, you know, what feels right, what feels wrong, what should you, what should you walk away from? Um, and I think that there's really no higher higher power than your own gut because yeah. um you know at the end of the day you're the one who is in the situation experiencing that situation so you're going to be able to feel it out and know what's best for you mm -hmm. um so I feel like that's just a really good natural tool that we've all been gifted with yeah is that yeah. that gut check right mm -hmm. how many people ignore it too you know your body is information it's offering you information all the time um I think that's one of the hardest things about the way we work and our lifestyles now, especially now with COVID. I feel like I've said this a thousand times today at work, um, especially now with COVID, yeah. especially. Um, but yeah. it's so true. Like we, we, we don't stand, sit, move the way we were intended to. We don't, just a lot of things, we don't do what we were intended to do. And, um, you know, I think nothing's benign. I think that has an energy too. And we've lost how to listen to that where we have so much noise um, you know, Instagram, TikTok, this, that, and other, like, there's just so much to, um, separate you from yourself. And it's really hard to stay. I, I, I mean, I just want to, for anybody on this journey, anybody listening to this, um, th these conversations, the perpetual alignment, the constantly checking in with yourself, it's hard work. You know, that's why it's called flexus is it's a muscle. It's like going to the gym. It's, practice, it's failure, it's being okay with failing. Um, and 
it's to me the most rewarding journey. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Ashley. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that something that struck me more recently about that whole journey, um, the self-discovery journey, all of that is as much as the work is important to learn about yourself and to grow, um, realizing there's times when you just need to rest and just binge watch mm -hmm. a TV show and not have to think and wonder about yourself and be really introspective, um, giving yourself that time to rest before yeah. diving in again, um, sometimes gives you more perspective in the end. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, I could be better about that. I feel like I'm always, um, Oh, I love this. This is like fun for me. Some people are like, oh my mm -hmm. God, this is like the worst training ever at work. And like, for me, I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I'm not gonna be able to sleep. I'm so excited. I want to talk like this all day. And, um, which is funny though, because like small talk, which I really love your, about your intro is like, it just does nothing for me. It just, um, it's heavy, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it just feels really unpure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, you're don't, not, it's not a conversation with a goal in the end. It's just a conversation. Yeah. It's, I could barely call it a conversation. You're just yeah. speaking at somebody. You don't even care about <laughs> the so response true. that they give. Yeah. Not <laughs> only just speaking at them, but let me give you my resume and all the things I've done and all the things I have planned that are probably better than you. And if they aren't, mm -hmm. I'll figure out a way to make they, uh, that they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I have a, a, a question. Can you name someone that has been the most influential on this journey of self-discovery, figuring out what your faith, spirituality means to you, um, self-growth, like who has been the most influential on your journey or at least a person that's been? Yeah, a person. I don't know if I could choose just a person. I feel I've taken so much from so many different people um, and so many different places to build up this experience, but I definitely think like, obviously you and I have had so many conversations over the years that have really um, enlightened me and opened me up and made me question my own way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely the relationship that we have has helped that um, along with some other friends that, you know, no matter what age they are, whether they're older than me, younger than me, they've all taught me something along the way that is invaluable. Mm -hmm. um, but I think too that, um, it's not a person, but a thing, uh, dance. Um, yes. I always come back to dance and I feel like that has been such a huge catalyst for me to be able to learn more about people and, uh, grow. So, um, part of being a instructor was me getting certified in a bunch of different, uh, a different program. And, um, some of them would involve other cultures. Um, and so I would get the chance to learn the traditional dances of other cultures and to mm. learn about their music and their history. And gosh, that opens you up. And, you know, the minute that you start realizing that there's other people there, that's going to influence you and open up your mind. Um, and so I feel like uh, it's not a person, but it's a thing. So dance has really done that for me. I love that. I, I think that is such, you know, going back to the guide, guide posts, you know, I, when I have talked about these conversations and, um, I see it like this weird GPS map that like you, you, you put in a direction and like all of us are trying to get there. And, and I'm, I want to be very clear. I don't think it is an actual destination, like a, a place you go. I want to be clear on that. Um, but that there's all these different routes and like different ways to turn left and right. And like um, even like styles of road and all this stuff. And what I love about you saying dance is that it doesn't need to be just this self-reflection 
you know, reading, podcasting, you know, it doesn't, it can be something as simple as exercise. It could be something as simple as art. Um, and, you know, that's why I think these conversations are so important. It doesn't have to look like what everybody said, you know, it doesn't need to be, you have to go to a guru and be in the mountains and not talk and shave your head. And like, it doesn't need to be that to get here. Like enlightenment's before you and things that you are love and attracted to is to get you to that place and just to expand your mind and to dip into curiosity um, to figure out what works for you. Because I, I, you know, going back to what we talked about before, like with spirituality to me is like a really potent version of that, of like being able to sit with the duality of what is your belief? What is someone else else's belief? And how neither of those things change the value of them and just sitting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that These conversations, um, I just love that dance. I just love that, Ashley. And like knowing you too, like, Oh, that's just really powerful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. I, I just, I can't get over that. I love it so yeah. much. Oh, <laughs> I do. Cause I, well, I mean, to be fair, to, a background for the listener, you know, um, dancing classrooms was a social emotional learning thing um, mm-hmm. that we work with fifth grade kids and everybody had to dance with everybody. It was this very integrity, honor. Um, and because everybody had to dance with everybody, I think you learn to feel different people, not in like a weird way, but like emotions. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. literally, I don't know if you felt this, I, I feel like you probably do because you're an empath like me, but like some kids, you can feel their insecurity just by dancing with them. Oh yeah. You can feel their fear. You can feel that they're wrestling with some sort of anger or whatever. And just dance is this like insane way of just melting all of that away. And you're sharing something that is so rhythmic and beautiful and expressive. Um, yeah, I just really love that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to wrap up with one last question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like because this is the journey of a lifetime, something always seems to turn up <laughs> and life that's what life does. Something always turns up, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, I don't, not to sound pessimistic, but it does seem like things are going really great. And then you, you're like, okay, it's not going to stay this way. You know, you know, it's, it's going to, cause life just goes back and around and around and around. Um, so I, I would be interested to know um, what is something that maybe you're wrestling with right now, trying to understand, trying to find language and trying to unpack if you're willing to share. Definitely. Yes. So it's such a timely question because the thing, the biggest thing that I'm wrestling and trying to unpack right now is vulnerability. Um, <laughs> to the point where I have read Brene Brown's books and I still could, <laughs> I could not tell you what the definition of vulnerability is. And I know it's in there. That's like her big thing, right? Um, but I'm realizing now in my adulthood how much um, I, I I am clueless about how to be vulnerable. What does vulnerability look like? How do you embody vulnerability? All Mm. of those pieces um, in pretty much every aspect. There are some friendships, obviously like ours, I feel like it comes more naturally. So I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, But in other relationships, in a work environment, in, you know, meeting people on the street, how does that, what does that look like? So, um, that's my latest adventure is exploring vulnerability and trying to figure out what it means and what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I think vulnerability is easier when the safest, the the space is safe. Um, and I think, you know, like friendships like ours, you know, we're, 
we come in with good intent, good hearts, um, would, would try to handle conflict if there was with this, with a duality and a curiosity, not necessarily a victimhood or defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, what I think is really interesting about vulnerability, and I love you also bring that up because it's something I'm also wrestling with is because I am so transparent. Um, I often find myself, um, trying my, when my wrestling, um, with the vulnerability and I didn't really realize it till you brought it up is, um, knowing who, who gets to hear the hard stuff, who's earned it, um, work. You know, sometimes talking about things at work isn't productive, which we just mm -hmm. talked about. Um, sometimes people aren't available or they're not available yet, but they might be one day. Um, yeah, and I, I, you talking about vulnerability too, like around boundaries, I think is really hard too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, going kind of what I was saying about like, you know, people earning it, you're, you're creating this, I see it like kids where like, you know, or like, like dogs, the terrible to reference us to dogs, but like you take a dog to a dog park and they're in the fence and they are going bananas. <laughs> they're running around, they're checking out other dogs, but they aren't worried because they have a fence. That's it. There's this safe place to explore and play and just be a dog. And I think we forget we need that as people. And mm -hmm. so that makes vulnerability really, really difficult as well. Um, I, I would like to ask some more questions if you're available around the vulnerability um, when you're saying you're wrestling with what that means, are you looking for language? Are you looking for accountability tools? Like when you say you're wrestling with vulnerability, could you dive a little bit deeper on maybe what that might mean? Yeah. The full scope, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the limit doesn't yeah, exist. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that I've just learned that um, I've spent so much of my life building up this layer of um, perfectionism and uh. um, worrying about what people think and all of these uh, walls and, and difficult feelings um, and, and feeling like I have to be somebody for other people. Mm. Um, how do you start to undo that and take those walls down? Yeah. Um, and, and combat this need to be a perfectionist with the need to accept yourself because it's exhausting. Yeah. So, um, so finding that middle ground where you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be an emotional mess because you're not perfect. You, just, <laughs> <laughs> you can just be in the middle and just be. Yeah. Yeah. Just floating with, um, and the ambiguity. Cause I think you're going <laughs> to, we're on a spectrum all the time of like, you know, having your shit together or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Sorry for the customers, but I don't know how else to put it. Like sometimes it just makes sense and it's clicking and you're running on all cylinders and your connections make sense and you're connecting the dots. And then there's other times, um, I guess this isn't my last, I, I thought vulnerability was gonna be, or your, uh, what you're wrestling with was gonna be my, your, your last question, but now I have another one, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested on, you know, when you're trying to be vulnerable, how do you measure if it's safe or not? Yeah, I guess I judge it by what is the topic? Who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. um, which probably ties really well back to what you were saying as far as um, who, gets to who gets to hear that, who gets to be part of that, who gets yeah. to hear your story. Um, and I think there's also a piece of the safety of it, right? So um, 
is this, a, if I share this with this person, I try to guess ahead of time what their reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. So if I foresee them having a um, not good reaction, then I'll probably pull back. And I think that's the problem is that I'm spending so much time anticipating other people's reactions that I'm not giving them a chance to uh, have uh-huh. a good one. And so I need to set that boundary with myself, you know, mm-hmm. and say, you know, if this is a safe person, you know, this is a safe person, go ahead and share. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then building the trust around that, which is also, you know, Brene talks about all the time. Like you don't get to say something unless you're in the ring fighting too. Like, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't get to talk about it. You don't get to have an opinion about it. You don't even really get to hear the full story. Um, Cause it, they're sacred. These are sacred stories. And which is, you know, I'm so grateful that you're sharing this space with me and willing to share your stories um, you know, hopefully rippling out to somebody else that hears how you navigate and in, in, in your life journey and the stories that you share and um, finding ways to find their own language and their own tools around it. So I just really appreciate you for taking the time. Um, even with the time difference, we figured it out. Um, <laughs> so to wrap up, is there, you know, any way that you want people to connect with you or like an organization that you want to give a shout out to, or would love people to send a donation and just whatever you want to blurb with to, to finish the, the space is yours, Ashley. Sure. Yes. Thank you. So normally people do their like social media stuff here, but nobody wants to see my random pictures that I post like once a month of me and my <laughs> husband exploring. So I would instead encourage everybody to find their, um, maybe their local food bank or another local community service organization, maybe a local shelter, um, a program like that and make a donation. You can donate money if you don't donate time. If you don't have time, donate supplies, whatever it is that you can do, reach out and make that connection because there's so many people in this world that need that. Um, and if we all do that, we can have a ripple effect. Yeah. I love that. All right, friend. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Right. Y'all till next time. See you on the flip side. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to do a quick reflection after my conversation with Ashley. Uh, First, I just want to say thank you to her for taking the time to talk with me. Um, And thank you to her for being a support system on this journey. Um, Yeah, I talked about the green light, and I wanted to give a little bit more context to that because that tool that Ashley gave me for making decisions in my life and to, you know, check the environment of which I was in to make sure I was making the right decision has been something I use. You know, we've been friends for over 10 years and that was one of the first things, one of the first conversations that were really deep that we had. Um, yeah. So one, I'm grateful for and two, I think it's important to share it. So, uh, the two goals like this, um, I had a moment in my life where I needed to make a decision and I knew that that decision was going to have weight and, um, consequences, not consequences, but, um, I'd have to sacrifice some things. And I was telling her my dilemma and she gave me this metaphor, this analogy, you know, um, as she spoke to me, then God will give you, will give you green lights if it's what you're supposed to do and red lights if you're, if it's not. And I said, well, can you say more? And she broke it down. Like, you know, you're driving down life and you're in a car and you get to an intersection and you need to make a decision if you need to go left, right, straight. And then on top of that, you know, there's lights. Is it green? Is it yellow? Is it red? And all you can do 
is that if it's a green light, you keep saying yes to the green lights until it turns into a red light. And then you know you did all the things you needed to do to get to that decision. And you can walk away with a clear head and a clear heart. And so I leaned into that. And so for me, my story was that um, at the time I was playing professional women's football and uh, a producer for American Ninja Warrior reached out to the owner of our team and said that he wanted women to get involved into this, this show. And so they asked me to do it. And so there's this whole interview process. It was like three stages. And the first stage is when I talked to Ashley. I just got done with this interview just to get a feel for what it is. And then Ashley tells me about this green light thing and red light thing, yellow light. And it was pivotal for me because um, it would have been really easy to say yes. You know, the ego is like, heck yeah, this is awesome. This opportunity to be an American Ninja Warrior. Women have never done it before. I could be on TV. Cool. Yeah. Like I get to do this thing. But then there's this other side of, well, what does that mean logistically? What does that mean for my job? What does that mean for my teammates that I've been training with for the last, you know, four months to just walk away? And, um, you know, my traditional tool before having this conversation with Ashley was a pro con list. And I'm, that's still useful. I still use it like that. But this was d- diving a little bit deeper around, um, listening to your heart, listening to your gut, listening to your intuition and using that um, emotional intelligence of your body to help you navigate really big decisions. And so I get to the third interview and this picture that sounds really dope kind of just turns into a huge red light. And um, it's in Florida. I have to be there for at least a month. Um, I you know, obviously couldn't afford to fly back and forth. That's really expensive, let alone staying in a hotel. You know, what did that mean for my dog? What did that mean for my job that I just started? Um, I had to give a lot of things up. Um, and it just, obviously it was a, a red light. It was a no, but it was a huge moment for me. And it's something that I use all the time. And so, um, I'm grateful for this conversation with Ashley because I think one, it shows, um, you know, being friends for 10 plus years, this is just, everything is building upon the relationships that you're building throughout your life. And uh, you're going to gain more tools and language and metaphors and just things that really stick to you that make a lot of sense. And then maybe it helps you shed some things that just don't really work for you anymore. And I hope these conversations and you hear, you know, the bouncing back and forth of like, oh, but what about this? And oh, that reminds me of that. And just, um, you got to begin somewhere. And, you know, sometimes the greatest step is just asking with curiosity, um, with somebody that's safe and, um, that will respect your truth and your story. Like Ashley did for me. And she offered me a tool that I use all the time in making big decisions now and moving in the direction that is the most authentic for me. So I want to thank Ashley again for her time um, and sharing her story and her tools with you and me. Um, and I'm just really grateful for this space and grateful for you all for listening. Um, you can find me on Anchor. Uh, head to the website and you can drop me a voice message or an email. Um, I'd love to hear from y'all. I'd love to hear if there's any tools you like to use or um, if something we said really clicked for you and you want to share something. I just would love to hear from y'all. Until next time, I'll see y'all on the flip side. Thanks for being here.